to enter a whole new dimension. It's a view from space with the Spaceman. Only on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Radio, 640 Toronto. It's the Spaceman on a view from space. Now, you've heard me come on repeatedly saying that America has been attacking itself, has set itself up in Iraq to lose because she must take a back seat in world affairs. She must allow the United Nations to be the one to call the shots in the Middle East. Sovereignty is passé. Borders are going to be passé. A one-world government is on the way. So you have to ask yourself, why does America attack herself? And why has the United States built up its enemies? And why did the United States build up the Soviet Union while they also transferred technology to Hitler's Germany? Why does Washington want to conceal these facts? The Soviet Union's technological and manufacturing base supplied the North Vietnamese the armaments to kill and wound American soldiers, built by U.S. firms, and mostly paid for by U.S. taxpayers. From their largest steel and iron plant to automobile manufacturing equipment to precision ball bearings and computers, basically almost all of the Soviet Union's large industrial enterprises were built with the United States' help or technical assistance. This dialectical method, you know, pitting one side against the other, involves the notion that movement or process or progress toward a one-world government is the result of the conflict of opposites control both sides of the fight. That's why there is usually only a two-party system in, in politics. They control both sides. It doesn't matter who wins. America, the leader of the free world, the birthplace of liberty and modern democracy, the Illuminati has gained control of her. They have constant threats to her. In your parents' generation, it was by the Nazis. Now in our generation, the communists. Now, it's the terrorists. See a pattern there? All. Nazis, communists, 
and now terrorists, are all controlled by the Illuminati. How to make it all come together? The American elite must not only control America, but it must control the enemy, or it must invent the enemy. Because that's what it's going to take to achieve the desired chaos, to bring about change. The elite pull the strings, and Japan bombs Pearl Harbor, after Franklin Delano Roosevelt and the Navy intelligence goads them into it with an eight-point plan. Now, 9-11 has launched us into the next great war. And you have either strings pulled by the elite for the lax security to let it happen, or they just attack their own government with their insider operatives. Either way, it's easy to see. American war history, or the history of America finding itself bamboozled into her wars, it's a long story of the elite manipulating and yanking the citizens' chains around. We never want to go to war. But they always make us by fooling us. Those on the inside know it just as the order. Others have known it for more than 150 years as Chapter 322 of a German secret society. More formally, for legal purposes, the order was incorporated as the Russell Trust in 1856. It was also once known as the Brotherhood of Death. And those who make light of it or want to make fun of it call it skull and bones or just plain bones. It's the spaceman on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome if you're listening to me online on your PC or your Mac at 640toronto.com or on 640toronto. The American chapter of this Skull and Bones German order was founded in 1833 at Yale. Yeah, Yale University by General William Huntington Russell and Alfonso Taft who in 1876 became Secretary of War in the Grant Administration. Alfonso Taft was the father of the William Howard Taft, the famous William Howard Taft, the only man to be both president and chief justice of the United States. Blood lineage got him there. And the order is not just another Greek letter fraternal society with passwords and hand grips common to a lot of campuses. Chapter 322 is a secret society whose members are sworn to silence. It only exists on the Yale campus. That's publicly known. It has rules. It has ceremonial rites. And it's not at all happy with prying, probing people. They're known to the members as outsiders or vandals. Its initiates always deny membership. 
or are supposed to deny membership. And in checking hundreds of autobiographical listings for members, I only found about a half a dozen who said they had an affiliation with Skull and Bones. The rest were silent. The interesting point is whether the members in different administrations of the American government or who all government positions now have declared their members in the FBI gets to check background on them. I doubt it. The order is so powerful, so pervasive, unbelievably powerful. If you can examine the evidence, which is overwhelming, there is no doubt this view of the world that I call on a view from space will suddenly come sharply into focus with frightening clarity. It's a senior year society which exists only at, at Yale. Members are chosen in their junior year and spend one year on campus. The senior year with Skull and Bones. In other words, the organization is oriented to the graduate outside world. The order meets annually. Members only, of course, on Deer Island on the St. Lawrence River. And senior societies are unique to Yale. There are two other senior societies, but none elsewhere. Scroll and Key, Wolf's Head, are supposedly competitive societies founded in the mid-19th century. I believe those are part of the same network. Anybody in the Eastern liberal establishment who is not a Skull and Bones member is almost certainly a member of either Scroll and Key or Wolf's Head. The selection procedure for new members of the order hasn't changed since 1832 when it was founded by General William Huntington Russell. Each year, 15 and 15 only. Why 15? Well, 5 and 1 are 6. 6 is the number of man. Why is 6 the number of man? Why? If you look in the Holy Bible, man was created on the sixth day. So 15, never fewer, are selected. In the past 150 years, about 2,500 Yale graduates have been initiated into that order. At any time, there's only about 500 to 600 alive and active. Only about a quarter of these play a part in furthering the objectives of the New World Order. The others either lose interest or change their minds, or they're silent dropouts. The most likely potential member is from a Bones family who is energetic, resourceful, politically motivated, and probably a very amoral team player. Honors and financial rewards are guaranteed by the power of the order, but the price of these honors and rewards is sacrificed to the common goal. The goal of the order? World domination. And some, and maybe even many, have not been able or are willing to pay that price. Because you've got to leave a trail of death.
Remember, this is the Brotherhood of Death. I'm back with more on the Scum and Bones and a couple of guys in the States ran for office that are members. Three Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. We've got a beefy space. Back in a minute. The Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Spaceman on a view from space. I'm talking about Skull and Bones quite often the last few weeks simply because they're controlling our lives. And one of their biggest moves is coming up very soon, November 2nd. It's called the American Election. Chapter 322, the German Secret Society, founded in 1833 by General William Huntington Russell and Alfonso Taft. 15 are picked every senior year. You get a tap on the shoulder when you're walking down the hallway at Yale. And I ask you, and of course, the only ones that are getting tapped, of course, are the people who are connected through bloodlines. So John Kerry, the guy that's running for president against George W., was tapped. He was on Meet the Press with Tim Russert, CNN. I couldn't believe it. He actually asked him about skull and bones. A secret society at Yale. What does that tell us? Uh, not much, because it's a secret. <laughs> Is there a secret handshake? Is there a secret code? I wish there were something secret I could manifest. 322, a secret number? Uh, there are all kinds of secrets, Tim, but one thing is not a secret. I disagree with this president's direction that he's taking the country. We can do a better job, and I intend to do it. And we'll be watching. Be safe on the campaign trail. John Kerry, thanks yes, for joining us. And we'll be right back. Well, I guess you could say they covered it then, but do you notice how evasive he became almost immediately? And they just sort of laughed it off. Those two men were just about to let the biggest secret out there is outside of the mystery Babylonian religion. And of course, they brought it up for one simple purpose. And that was to get it out of the open and clear the air and, and make it sound like, hey, it's just an old boys club. That's all. But it is so demonic. And it is so pervasive in the power places in the world of the corporate world and the political world. It's not just another Greek letter fraternal society. As you can see, John Kerry was sworn to silence. It had to be brought up because, you see, they bring everything up, don't they, in an election year. Down south of our border.
the most likely potential members are from families that have already had members in Skull and Bones. The old line American families, descendants involved in the Skull and Bones are names like Whitney, Perkins, Stinson, Taft, Wadsworth, Gilman, Payne, Davidson, Pillsbury, Sloan, Weyerhaeuser, Harriman, Rockefeller, Lord, Brown, Bundy, yes, Bush, and also Phelps. There's so many. And these old line American families can actually trace their lineage all the way back to the people who got off the boat at Plymouth Rock. There are two running for president. See, you don't get elected president in the United States. You're born to be. George W. is a cousin to Queen Elizabeth II. John Kerry has more blue blood in him than does George W. Let me get back to this Hegelian dialectic, this, this process of change that William Huntington Russell picked as a concept. And brought it over to America. It's the realization that you pit one against the other, take two opposites, force them to fight one another, and then in the end, a whole different winner is declared. Something else is formed out of the two that are directly opposite of one another. And William Huntington Russell picked that Hegelian dialectic, that process of change where it pits one against the other, to take over America. I'm back with more on this incredible but powerful Hegelian dialectic process of change on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto it's a view from space back in a minute the new Mojo Radio this is 640 Toronto from the 24 hour news center here's what Toronto is talking about looking for help as they solve an attempted murder and a pastor for a local church charged with sexual assault. Only on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm the guy to call space on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto, to view from space. Opening up the show tonight talking about Skull and Bones and its birth, William Huntington Russell picked up this way to pit one against the other. He picked that up from Germany, as well as this 
Skull and Bones whole process, the whole secret society, when he went there as a junior from Yale in 1832. Hegel, where we get the word Hegelian dialectic, comes from, he just died recently. And there was the usual celebration of his works after his death, which led to his fame. And the German college kids were nuts for this ornery, cantankerous German. And William Huntington Russell, a young man then, came back to the United States with global secret connections and a German Marxist fascist political idea. The claim is that the Skull and Bones Order uses this ideology, which is the Hegelian dialectic, to further its goals of establishing a one-world government. When you hear me say the Hegelian dialectic, it simply means pitting one side against another. Say you take blacks against whites, you pit them together to fight. You fund both sides. And then out of it comes a whole brand new set of rules, which is always enslavement, which is exactly what they want to do with you and I today. The elite rich want to put you and I into a slave situation. It's called the master and slave relationship. That's the new world order. And right now, there's too many slaves. Our numbers have to be called. There's a plan to get that done. Through chemtrails. In training hurricanes. Controlling the weather. Weather is now used as a weapon against you and I. Economies of the world are pitted against one another. Right now, we're pitted against the Far East. Unions have to go in the New World Order. Well, that gives the little guy too much power. Look what's happening in the NHL. I'll cover that a little bit. Coming up here on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Your lockout station. Okay, so the claim is that the Skull and Bones order uses this ideology to establish their one world government. The elite rich have been double dealing with, if not outright, controlling the Bolsheviks of Russia to instill communism, Nazis, and the Soviets. Now, they control the Muslim extremist terrorists who are not Muslim at all are only playing the role to pit Muslims against Christians and Jews. Now, do you see where they're going with their culling? So, in that kind of a fashion, the process of intellectual or historical development is continuously controlled throughout history. Out of Marx, Karl Marx, came communism. 
And we know how fascism, fascism was deep-rooted in Germany. I wonder who gave Benito Mussolini money. Anyway, in opposition to Marxist totalitarian ideas, came the socialists, the labor movements, labor organizations. And now we've got the biggest profile dialectic, Hegelian dialectic. The labor organization of the NHL, known as the Players Association, versus the owners. We all know how much the players make. Do you know how much the owners make? Didn't think so. They're not telling. You can look it up in a book and see how much Matt Sundin's making. But he'll never get the answer on how much the owners control. With all of their companies, I'm not just talking about their NHL franchise. All this conflict, this chaos, is designed to bring about change. Closer and closer we get to a new world order, where they, the elite rich, are the masters and we are the slaves. John Hopkins is interesting. He left his fortune to found the John Hopkins University. The trustees had three existing university presidents to come and select a president for the new university. Presidents of Harvard, Michigan, and Cornell, it's a business college, were invited to attend. The president of Cornell was Andrew White, a, a patriarch of the Skull and Bones. Only Yale seniors are knights. And they graduate to patriarch of the Order of Skull and Bones. But, of course, he managed to arrange for the selection of Daniel Gilman, a name I've already mentioned, the Gilman family, another patriarch, by the way, to run the school. A Skull and Bones man. And he quickly staffed the departments at the school with more Hegel fans. The guy who, the German who, in Germany, invented the Hegelian dialectic, pitting one side against the other to bring about change. And G. Stanley Hall, there's another big name, another bonesman, selected by Gilman to head up one of the country's first psychological, uh, psychology schools at John Hopkins in the 1880s. What they taught, this is way back in the 1800s. Imagine where they're at today in the new millennium. What they taught was once view. Another of those kinky Germans. Want or Wundt was the psychological counterpart to Hegel. In this guy's view, people were animals. Survival of the fittest was promoted at the expense of the very thing that makes us human, our sociology, our love for one another. More elitist bull is this sociolo sociology of the survival of the fittest. 
They say that with business, too, don't they? Well, that company went under because it couldn't survive. It couldn't compete. That's the Hegelian dialogue. And Wundt became widely accepted in the U.S. for psychology in the late 1880s. And G. Stanley Hall founded the American Journal of Psychology. Connecting the dots for you here. White founded the American Historical Association, another bonesman. Richard Eli, there's an old pilgrim name, founded the American Economics Association. And he, of course, was selected by Gilman to head up the Department of Economics at, yes, John Hopkins University in Baltimore. See how it all figures in. It all makes sense once you know who's behind it all. I'm letting you know. It's the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm the spaceman. I like no sugar, no spin, no bull. The point is, and it always is, and always has to be, that this territorial New World Order plan has been going on for a long time now. They're entrenched. And in some mighty strange, powerful places. Left-wing places as well as right. Remember the dialectic again. This guy Gilman. With his family going all the way back to the people who got off at Plymouth Rock retired and went on to be president of the Carnegie Institute for are you ready? Peace. That's right. The Carnegie Institute for Peace. And they were the same ones who spoke out against George W. early late last year. And it's an old, widely respected organization. Because they're using the Carnegie Institute for Peace to speak out against a man who's making war. Which makes sense because they want to show the world that America can no longer be the bully or the policeman of the world and must take a back seat. So she was hit. Politically, militarily, economically. And it will continue. It's why America attacks itself on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto with a view from space. I'm the guy that calls space. It's the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto. I've been talking about the birth of Skull and Bones back in the 1800s, precisely 1833. William Huntington Russell was the man who brought it back from Germany. I got a great email from Edwin. 
Uh, by the way, emails are accepted at spaceman at mode or uh, spaceman at 640toronto.com or space at 640toronto.com. Edwin writes, what is remarkable about Skull and Bones? They have no women. What do Bush and Kerry have in common? They have no sons. No more Skull and Bones for those lines. Very astute of Edwin. Go ahead, you truth, you're on the air. Hi, good night, Space. Um, once again, um, I want to say peace. Uh, I wish you peace. Um, now, I kind of have a statement and a question um, for you. Um, I guess first I'll go with my question. Um, I, I, you mentioned um, Kerry, and I do believe you know him being in the secret society. Uh, did you hear the Tim Russert piece from... Uh, you didn't? Uh, yeah, I, I did, okay. as a matter of fact. Right. quite interesting, you know. Well, they had to bring it up because it's, 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 uh, the, there's so many people like me talking about it. Mm-hmm that uh, they have to actually confront it. And, of course, you heard what they did in the clip. They laughed it off. Of course. If I had my recorder with me, man, I would have recorded that when you, when you played that. It was very interesting. But i got to ask you, though, I mean, none of us are, um, very few of us are ignorant to the fact that at one point, Kerry, um, he was kind of, when he was against the war in Vietnam uh, and all that, wasn't that kind of a drawback, though? If he was part of the secret society, why would he have uh, advocated uh, this whole peaceful aspect of what the United States was doing or, or tried to uh, go against the states. Can you explain that? Was he part of the society at that point? Yeah. Well, at that point at, at that point in time, you're talking about the 60s here. Yeah. That was a very, very unpopular war. Okay. Okay. And so all John Kerry was doing in those days was actually going with the flow. Okay, so he was still part of the society. Absolutely. I see. I don't believe he knew the whole plan, but I do believe now that he knows the whole plan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and also, I want to make a point now. I'm not. I, I, you mentioned the number six being the number of man. Now, I'm not going to say whether that's right or wrong. Well, However, I, God made man in the sixth day. Yeah, yeah, that's right. true. But, but the number of man, though, the Bible states. Uh, in, in, in the book of Revelation, chapter 13, and the last verse, 18, it says, um, uh, Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. Now, my, many people come up with theories or fear this number, whatever, not quite, you know, having an understanding of what it is, but if you think about it, what is 6 plus 6 plus 6? 18. 18. Now, in Western society, what age do you have to be to be considered a man? 18. Isn't that interesting? It's very interesting. In How about this? The number, of, the, the number of man, just a simple man in uh, the media, how it's being used right now, how numerology is being used by the Illuminati in the media. Six represents uh, the number of just a man. Six, six, the double six, represents uh, a political movement, um, a governmental um, um, uh, uh, Yes, and, and uh, of course, 666 mm-hmm. represents the beast. Yes, another man, but the reason I point that out was in the book of Leviticus, uh, God originally stated the law that the number, and, uh, and it's kind of hard to comprehend because it's thousands of years later in our current society, but the original age of man or adulthood for a female also was 13 years old. That's, how, that's why Jews, they celebrate their bar mitzvah at 13 and, right. and they become a, and they become a man. Mm-hmm. Now, the way Satan has set it up now was that the, he's changed that because even in the book of, uh, was it Daniel or so, he stated that he's going to try and be like the most high God and he's going to change the rules. And so now he's changed it from 13 to 
18, which is the number of man, which is why the Bible says that. But I know you have to go, but uh, I just want to point out, though, you mentioned last week in your last show, and, and I respect you a lot, but you also you mentioned that no one has the full truth or something to that effect or whatever, which for most of people is so. But yeah, I, 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 don't bl- I don't believe that one man has the whole, the whole truth. I believe that uh, if you threw all of us together, then we do all exactly. have the answer. But there is this one guy that has come, and I shouldn't, I, even saying one guy is kind of disrespectful. He's a very brilliant man. He's revealed a lot of things about anything you can consider, whether it's Freemasonry, religion, anything. And his name is Malachi York L. And what they did, though, he was in the States, and guess where he is now? He's in jail. They locked him up because he was waking up a lot of people. He wrote over uh, 460 books. And he's locked up now on false charges of um, child uh, molestation or or something like something like that. And they gave him 135 years for it. When a lot of people who commit uh, worse crimes get less. Uh, yeah, sure. Oh, you know? sure. So, yeah. Yeah. they want him out of the way. Is what you're saying? Exactly. He is starting to uh, affect people's minds. Exactly. Well, exactly. when you get that big, then you be- and you become a danger. They remove you. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Yeah. Thank you so much, Truth, Thank for the you. call. Take I appreciate care. you. All right. It's the Spaceman on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto. Coming back with more after this. The New Mojo Radio. This is 640 Toronto. From the 24-Hour News Center, here's what Toronto is talking about. Toronto cops investigating a shooting in the city and a local pastor faces sex assault charges. It's 13 degrees at 10 o'clock. The low drops to 5 overnight. Good evening. I'm Catherine Jatte. A victim is recovering after being shot in the face this morning at Rogers and Weston Road. Apparently, he was sitting in a cab with two other people when a suspect pulled up beside them, got out of his vehicle, and came towards the taxi with a gun. The two other passengers escaped, but the third wasn't so lucky. Still, Detective Paul Drury says he'll survive. The victim was taken to a nearby hospital, and police were notified. He will recover. He says, I understand he just came out of surgery. Police are still looking for the shooter and the other two passengers in the taxi. Call 12 Division if you know anything about it. A local pastor charged with sexual assault appeared in court today. The bail hearing was held in an old city hall courtroom this weekend. Benny Osage is the with the Christ Chosen Church of God in North York. Police say he was arrested for sexual assault and intimidation on Friday after they got a complaint from a member of the congregation. Police aren't saying much about the case, but they are looking for other victims. It's a long weekend, but OPP officers aren't getting any extra time off. 640 Toronto's Jeff Sansono says the annual Thanksgiving Blitz is catching a lot of bad drivers. Speeding, not wearing a seatbelt, child safety seats not installed properly, driving on the shoulder. If you're doing any of that, you're in for a ticket this holiday weekend. And Sergeant Cam Woolley says officers are out there every minute. Additional officers uh, are out there all weekend. and. Really, our message is, please don't you be the turkey. Drive safely. This blitz is also supposed to be a reminder of worse winter weather is coming. Jeff Sampson, 640 Toronto News. The family of a six-year-old Mississauga boy is mourning today after yesterday's traffic... Spaceman, it's the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Accepting your emails at spaceman at 640toronto.com or space at 640toronto.com. I've been talking about skull and bones and the ancestral connections, the bloodlines that go through and the skull and bones birth in 1833 with the Hegelian notion that the state is more important than the individual. 
which is what is taught in America's education system now. It's at direct odds with the ideals of personal freedom, individuality, liberty. To put it simply, the idea that the individual is more important than the state is what the entire Declaration of Independence is all about, our Bill of Rights is all about in Canada. If a government is bad, or if it's rotten to the core, the individual is always more important than the state, so people can make a new state and clean it up, right? Well, those ideals are in the Bill of Rights. But the American education system and the Canadian education system is teaching that the state is more important than the individual. But the political system is based on individual is more important than the state. Hmm? Exactly the opposite. That's why everyone's so messed up. When was the last time your child came home and talked to you about his rights that he learned at school? I bet it's never happened. Thanks to Hegel. That's why Hegelian bonesmen double deal. They play both sides. Us and them. To make sure they control whatever comes out of the conflict they create. Also because they're descended from greedy pirates and freaked out pilgrims. Now I say pirate. I mean, crusader, too. Because a lot of goofy medieval pilgrims went to the Holy Land, ended up in slavery by their fellow Christians. Of course, these profiteering crusaders used their holy mandate to make a mint. And all's fair in war and business, right? For humans of poor morals and ethics. They'd sell these poor suckers in the Middle Ages. European Holy Land pilgrims. They'd sell them to Muslims even. Hey, you could get a... You could sell a batch of slaves, then go raid the ship you sold them to, and then steal them all back, and then sell them again. It's a 13th century version of the corporate shell game. Worldcom. Remember them? And Enron. Remember them? They were crusading orders of the Knights, the Knights of St. John, later the Hospitaller, later the Knights of Malta. They were the great and fabled raiders of Muslim shipping in the Mediterranean, as well as business partners. Yeah, played both sides. Some things never change, do they? Elite Christians working with Muslims to enslave other Christians. Now they just hijack our brains. Same thing. Body, mind, and soon the soul. So, Spaceman, go ahead, Carmen. You're on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Hi. Hi, Spaceman. Um, there's a lot of uh, propaganda that uh, the U.S. may go into a civil war after the elections. Do you see that happening? Like, can you... Uh, no, I see a draft. In the mix? No, I see a draft. Yeah? I see patriotism. Hey, are there any more people more just fervently into their patriotism than America is? No. 
I mean, of course not. Who were the who were the NFL champions last year? The Patriots. Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah. They manipulate the public through their sports activities. Yes, okay. they do. But do you think like a draft can spark? Uh, a possible civil war? Well, no, I don't think they're finished with their attacks yet. I still want to do a piece on uh, the next planned attack, if I can get to it, on tonight's show on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto on a view from space. And and and, and that's how it's going to uh, fuel the uh, patriotism. Because patriotism is, is, is not the best friend of a, a citizen of a country. Patriotism is the best friend of the guys pitting one side against the other. Do you realize... 150, 200 years ago, there were no countries, man. Yeah. There were just groups of people, clans, families, living on, on land. But yeah. now that we've divided the borders up, given everybody uniforms or flags, and pit one against the other, they're having a hell of a good time now. Yeah, that's true. That's Patriotism is the best way to motivate people to kill one another. So much media and hype. Yes, it is, sir. That's how they manipulate people, through the mass media. Yes. Yes. Absolutely correct. Incredible. Right. And we're going to see more. I believe America will be attacked again to stir up that patriotism, to say, let's go over and get them. That's how they got into Afghanistan and Iraq. Yes. And there's more to come. You think they're going to stop now and come home? If John Kerry's elected, they're going to come home? Yeah, right. No, I'll drop either way. Yeah. Well, sooner or later, they're going to run out of bodies, so they're going to have to. If the draft doesn't come next summer, it'll be the one after that. Yeah. Sooner or yeah. later. Right okay. now, they're sending us a message, the Canadian Armed Forces. Hey, why don't you buy some good equipment, put some money into it? Why don't you get a bigger army? Listen to our brass talk in the, in the uh, Canadian Armed Forces. That's what they're saying. They won't come right out, out outright and admit it. But they're saying, hey, we're being put into situations in Afghanistan and, and, and other places where, hey, we're not really prepared. What does that tell you? Hint, hint. Get your taxpayers' money together and spend some more on the military and get your armies bigger. Because we're going to have ourselves a party. I agree. Thanks for the call, man. Hi, Jeffrey. Go ahead. You're on with the spaceman. Uh, it's Jeff from Below the Radar. Yes, go ahead. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Great. Listen, Gary, I just, you know, th I, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but why is it in uh -huh. the last, <laughs> well, I'd just like to ask you a quick question. Why is it in the last, oh, I'd say maybe month, month and a half, that I've noticed that a number of uh, radio personalities and people on radio uh, or television as well, they put down and completely dismiss anybody that presents a conspiracy theory without any kind of, uh, uh, you know, justification. They they don't present any kind of uh, concrete proof. Here's why this this doesn't hold water. And have you noticed that? Well, because of the word conspiracy to start with. Conspiracy right now is uh, is something akin to uh, let me see. Um, uh, someone lies. Lies, conspiracy, same thing. They're both untruths. So regardless of, of so, any kind of factual presentation by somebody who is trying to debunk what is taking place, 
Well, because you're 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 bucking the authoritarian. Right, uh, and authority, you're throwing up okay? the mirror. Yeah, and you're throwing up the mirror. Mm-hmm. Well, because what I I find so astounding is is that the lack of credibility. If you think that it, it, uh, the theories that are being presented are not correct, well, let's take 9/11. That's the best conspiracy um, uh, uh, example that there one. is in anyone's mind right now, and everyone can get to that. Everyone realizes. Something isn't quite right. The story doesn't jive. Yeah. They listen to somebody and then they say, well... You can't join the dots. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can. Well, of course. In the, in and I've been doing it for three years. I know. I know. And this is what I find so astounding. Is it, and it just, it really, really ticks me off because those who want to denigrate those, those theories that are being pro-offered are coming up with absolutely nothing. Well, and and then there's also the fact that uh, if you're in the public uh, airwaves, like radio or television, and and you spout off against the authority, hey, you could, couldn't you lose your job? Well, that's scary. It could easily happen. Sure. And everyone, everybody wants to be on the, the, the you know, everybody wants to be politically correct yeah, and, and, and stay on the right side of your pants and not offend anyone, and then you've got a safe, uh, happy little career. Yeah. You know, and it just and and what bothers me the most when I'm with my uh, uh, contemporaries and I I bring up subject and material that I've heard from your program and others, they they look at me like I'm from some other world because they 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 have no comprehension. You know, like they these guys have been you know they've been spoon fed crap. Well, now you know? yeah, exactly. Now, but but you see, um, you're getting it from uh, 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 like a precious few sources. I bet you can count them even, Jeff, on your one yeah, hand. Precious okay? sources, I All right. consider. Yeah, yeah, but precious few is what I'm talking about. Yeah. And and the other side of the argument to debunk what uh, the conspiratorialist says is is, is uh, in newspapers. It's affirmed when he turns on the radio in an afternoon talk show. Sure. It's it's affirmed when he turns on the television news at night. It's confirmed. In the in the music, it's confirmed in the in in the movies that he sees. So there are so many other places where he's getting it reaffirmed and 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 put into place. And it, it starts at school. And don't want to call it the great unwashed. You see, Gary, this, and you just said it. They get it in school. We are now seeing a the net result of 30 years of the dumbing down of North American society. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm gonna uh, and just uh, I don't want to cut you off, but I just want to interject this right now. Yeah. In Japan, they're going to school six days a week. Yeah. And they're working their ass off in China and in Taiwan and in Korea. Well, sure. Why not? Well, they're they're doing that because uh, they're made to do that because they've got food hanging over their and head. And they understand the value of yeah. it. We're eating as good as the kings did in the, in, in the 12th, 13th, and 14th, and 15th centuries. Yeah, but we may be eating well, but the nutritionists are telling us that we are not getting the value that we need to have. Oh, absolutely. You know? Don't get me started on that. Oh, Genetically like... modified seeds are just an incredible, uh, uh, a whole... Um, a uh, whole other uh, pa- Pandora's box. Keep them fat and keep them stupid. Well, I wonder if that's not going to change very soon, too. Well, I think it's I think it's soon uh, time to pay for the lifestyle that we've been living all these years. That's right. I right. believe it's coming down the pike, Jeff. I don't know about you. They're not slim uh, uh, guys like you and I, though. You know? Mm-hmm. And, it, and they are, unfortunately, the great unwashed. The thing is, is that they have not been washed by the, the blessing of, of, of being able to decipher that which is right from that which is wrong. 
because they have not had the, the, the opportunity of stepping outside of the box that has been created to keep them there. Well, they have not really had an, uh, uh, a reason to go and look no, for an alternative answer. You know, so uh, they just uh, work hard all day, come home and sit in front of the television at night to unwind and then get up and start it the next day. We're, we're, we're moving at an incredible rate of speed in the Western world. Well, it's a race to the bottom. Everybody recognizes that. What a line. Wow. What a line. Say that one more time. I'm going to break. It's the race to the bottom. Thanks, Jeff. How long do you want to take to get there? Yeah. Back with more in a minute. It's the Spaceman on Mojo Radio. 640 Toronto. This is a view from space. So no sugar, no spin, no pull. Okay, late. Everything I know. Spaceman on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Have some comments and some dot connecting with the Afghan election coming up. There's a big historical event that has been going on for a while. Canadian soldiers in Afghanistan. And you will not believe what is going on there. I will give you a view from space on that. That's coming up later this hour, I hope. Hi, go ahead. You're on with the Spaceman. It's the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Hi. Go ahead, hey, please. Hey, yeah. Spaceman. Hi. Just wondering about the uh, Prescott-Bush connection to the Nazis in World War II. And yes, I know about that, yeah. Mm-hmm. What yeah, about it? Oh, do you got any facts on that or any history on that? Well, you know what they say? They say, come on, prove it. Prove it. Let's see the facts. Because they burnt them all. They've hidden them all. But but this remains, you can't produce the documents, but he was tried for treason, or I'm sorry, was about to be tried for treason and was pardoned. He was selling his oil to Hitler. And uh, any thoughts on Al Gore? Where has he gone to? Al Gore? Yeah. Al Gore is uh, doing his job. Is, Is he part of these guys? Well, you bet he is. Al Gore has uh, royal connections also. None of these people that get to run for the presidency. You must have blue blood in your veins to be the president. And, God, and this, George W. Bush's family is, is uh, related to 16, no less than 16 presidents. I'm going to go through John Kerry's uh, descendants in a minute. And it is going to blow your mind on who this guy is. Is connected with because he actually has more blue blood than uh, George W. has. And Dick, go ahead. How about Dick Cheney? Does he have any blue blood in him? Or? Dick Cheney is the architect. He's one of those guys that is uh, uh, a 33rd degree Freemason who is the architect of uh, that war over in uh, Iraq. And one more comment. Uh, in Italy, I think they're going to make Montezuma the new president. I think so. That'll be very interesting, huh? Yeah. Isn't he connected to, uh, to the Illuminati as well? Well, P2 is their, uh, uh, the, uh, the Illuminati's uh, Freemasonry uh, little society there in, um, in Italy. Uh, Berlusconi, who owns all the television, right? And is the uh, prime minister right now, um, is a member of P2. And uh, what do you think they're going to go into next? Iran or uh, North Korea? 
Well, I think right now they got big problems with Iraq. They're not going anywhere. They're, let's see what happens with that. But uh, you have just named the other two in the axis of evil. Yes, that is sooner or later those cards will be played. How they will be played, I'm not sure exactly. Okay, George. Uh, good job. Keep yeah, okay. Are you sure? You can call me George. It doesn't matter. It's all right with me. It's the Spaceman on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, Mike. Go ahead. Uh, just wanted to comment on a couple of things. I listen to your show from a different perspective. I'm a trader, so uh, whatever insight I can get in terms of uh, what's going on. On the, uh, on the uh, TSE? Uh, well, North American, pretty much uh, TSX and the S&P 500. So right now we're quite heavy in terms of oils, metals, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why I call is... Uh, what's the oil at? 53 what? Uh, 53 and change, I don't know. Okay, all right. Um, essentially, I had a guy come up from the States. He's an institutional strategist, meets with all the big hedge funds. Essentially, uh, these guys push a lot of money, the George Soros of the world and so on. Yes, sir. And he uh, gave me a couple uh, interesting things were that were in line with what you're saying, and I found this uh, quite interesting considering a guy from the U.S., most of these guys got blinders on. In New York, they think there's a center of the universe. I mean, yes, everything is running out of there, but I'll give you a couple points anyways. Uh, He said within the next two to three years, you're looking at a big attack in Europe or the USA, which will probably be bigger than what we saw in 9-11. Oh, yes, it's going to stir up patriotism uh, extraordinaire. His thesis is that uh, you you attack Europe to essentially create a unified front to now attack the Islamic world and uh, essentially take over all the oil. Mm-hmm. And he, he was basing this on what? Um, his conversations with people around the world. Uh, he, he's an oil strategist. He's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get into the oil uh, connections and uh, all of the dots that are and the names uh, in a few moments. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said the main thing, he also looked at Al-Qaeda as a uh, as a way of uh, formulating his strategy. Uh, they look quite a bit in terms of what Osama bin Laden's theory is and his uh, main covenants of his argument and so on. Essentially, you know that they're trying to drive the price of oil up. Everyone knows yes, that. Yes, they are, yeah. Um, his research shows that uh, essentially back in the 70s, everyone changed their behavior when oil represented about 4% of disposable income. I think right now we're at about 2%, so mm-hmm. we still got a ways to go. He's, right. he's forecasting $70 U.S., uh, what, the, uh, 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 what, uh, how long to get there? That's the thing. He's thinking March could be quicker. Wow. So it's going quick. up about two or three bucks a, a week now, right now. Well, so we're going to have, some, have to have something um, that's, uh, that, that, that's very earth-shaking to uh, put it past 6 say. Uh, $60 a barrel. If you look at all... right now. It's going to be... It's going to have to be some kind of of a large event. You know, I I really don't think so. They've been using... They've been using hurricanes. Yeah. The untrained hurricane. Right. That was the excuse for the last couple of weeks. Yes. Well, that put it above 50. Right. But the moment... And uh, they're they're also using uh, the Sudan now. The Sudan is, uh, of course, an oil producer. Right. Uh, Nigeria, an oil producer. Both of them are having uh, so-called rebels, the old uh, Hegelian dialectic here, once again working, uh, to keep the uh, oil in the ground so that they can't sell it. The Venezuelans have been uh, challenged to uh, keep their oil at home also Mm -hmm. with their recall, their threatened recall of their president. 
So essentially what, he, what he's saying is that Al-Qaeda, what, what their goal is to take out the U.S. economy. The way to do that is to drive up oil, not necessarily over a five-year period, but do it really fast and do it really hard. Wow. That will essentially take the out the economy. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, many conspiracy theories there. But uh, you're, thinking, you're, you're thinking $70 by March? Well, you got other guys money? in Texas. There's some guy named Matt Simmons, I've told. He's forecasting 180 bucks. I mean, we're, you're talking... That's essentially going to grind all the economies of the world to a halt. Theoretically, it could. Now, my next question to him was... Well, How about this? How about this quickly? No, can I put you on hold sure. and, and come back? Sure. Uh, after uh, after my break, because I must break now. Your fascinating call. I got a bunch of other stuff. I got a bunch of other stuff on the treasury too. This stuff's going to blow your mind. This is going to be an excellent uh, next few minutes on a view from space. Hold on one moment. It's the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto. This is the view from space. Joe Radio, 640 Toronto. Hitting the phones and uh, hitting them in a big way right now. Connected with oil. I got someone who um, works in the... Uh, what is it again, Mike? Uh, you're, uh, I'm, uh, I essentially work with uh, mutual fund managers. We manage about $20 billion in Canada right now. All right. And uh, you, you were just uh, cruising the dial and uh, you hit on this show. Well, I, and uh, I, ju- I just want to recap what we were talking about before the uh, break on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. You said that uh, you were talking to some people that uh, re- actually uh, were confirming some of the things that you heard on A View from Space. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, th- and those were? $70 oil, uh, go long on gold. Mm-hmm. It should be worth $850, $850 right now. Uh, you're going to see attack in uh, Europe or in the U.S. in the next two to three years, which will likely be bigger than what you saw on 9-11, probably make it look like a picnic. Right. Um, and the main goal of al-Qaeda uh, is essentially to drive up oil really, really quick and uh, take out the economy. Of uh, the Western uh, or Europe? Of, of the U.S. Canada looks exceptional in the next couple of years. I will give us that. We look really, really good. Uh-huh. Uh, let me continue. Simply uh, because we are not the policemen of the world, correct? And the uh, the sovereign United States must acquiesce, correct? I guess you could say That's that. my contention in the last three years, that uh-huh. they will uh, be taken off of, this, uh, off of the stage, uh, the world stage, and will be replaced by none other than the European Union. Go ahead, please. All right. Uh, the next thing, which I found quite interesting, he was speaking about the Federal Reserve and Greenspan. Essentially, what you're seeing right now is an, it's not a normal business cycle. They called it a credit cycle. Uh, essentially, the Fed has said we need to get growth up, and the only way to do that is to make cheap money, i.e. lower rates. So uh, what we've done is created a, a debt-ridden society to create growth. It's artificial, though. Mm-hmm. Yes, it sure is. Um, Since the, uh, the Fed is also artificial. It's not a part of the government at all. It's a corporation. It's a privately owned corporation that controls the economy in America. All right. Go ahead. Um, essentially, what he's saying is that uh, you're going to hit a trillion dollar deficit next year. Don't buy all this that you're going to cut deficits. Kerry, Bush, they're all talking crap. Uh, it's going to happen. He's looking at a 60 cent 
U.S. dollar. What he really pointed to is that you are potentially looking at a bankruptcy of the USA, which really blew me away. Well, that's what I've been talking about for a long time now, I know, Mike. I know. Now, when you say a 60-cent dollar, do you mean, what do you mean by the 60-cent dollar? You mean 60-cents uh, uh, American? Yeah. Okay. So um, Canada is looking really good. I mean, we're the only real country in the West which is increasing its oil production. Uh, we're going to have a lot of foreign direct investment coming in here. Uh, the U.S. is really going to take it. They're just basically going to sink themselves. He's saying by 2000, 2008. Well, the Americans have just bought Petrocan. Well, that's going to have a huge run, too. Mm -hmm. um, essentially, what he's saying is that... And I can't find out who owns, who, who bought PetroCanada. All I can find out is it is a consortium of U.S. businessmen. Right. Could you, uh, could you go deeper than that? Uh, I can look into the filings. But uh, it's a tough business. You can get hide a lot of information. Sure can. Um, essentially, back to my point, he's looking at 2008 for this whole thing to basically blow up, and someone's got to pay the piper, and you're like... And the whole thing meaning the uh, debt of America. Right. Okay. But 08, the debt comes down on their heads. Right. Okay. Because right. I believe it's a, a, a $7 trillion uh, debt at the moment. It's quite a big number. Yes, it is. Uh, next thing. This was quite scary when he pointed to this. China and Japan are the largest uh, owners of the treasuries of the U.S. right now. Right. Okay. Uh, over the last quarter or so, it's... Well, everything that you buy, let me just explain quickly, everything that you buy right now is made in the Orient, right. so therefore all of that cash is going back over there. Right. But they have been reinvesting it back into America, and what's going to happen there? Um, essentially, last quarter the Japanese and the Chinese stopped buying these treasuries. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. Everyone knows that uh, there's a huge, huge gap between uh, the U.S. and America in terms of everyone's buying Chinese and so on. No one's buying U.S. and U.S. is importing a ton of stuff. Mm -hmm. But people don't realize that uh, the Chinese have a huge deficit with trade uh, to their partners around them. And uh, that's an issue for them. So now what they're going to do yes, is... Yes, it is. It's the European banks that are owed that money. All right, if, if you say so. Um, essentially what's happening now is... Well, that's who's building them up. Who do you think built up Pudong? Jerry, uh, uh, I don't want to go down that all road. Right, all right. All right. Um, essentially now what you got is large hedge funds in the U.S. Uh, people don't know what these things are. Essentially they're a bunch of really, really uh, ruthless businessmen with a bunch of computer models who can basically turn around the market mm -hmm. overnight. Okay, yeah. These guys push a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, essentially what's happening is now these guys are coming in and filling the gap and purchasing the treasuries. Right, I thought so. There's no uh, middle investor, middle American investor any longer. They've been not for, long not ago. for this type of money. Right. Uh, what the concern is, is from his viewpoint and people who understand what these guys are doing. These guys could these guys aren't in the business for the sake of others to do well. They're in the business to make money and a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And if that means taking you down, uh, George Soros did, did it with the uh, British pounds a long time ago. Mm -hmm. They'll do it again. Mm -hmm. uh, what he's pointing to is that these guys are essentially being, uh, he didn't say it directly, I'll make that statement, but he's pointing to the fact that these guys are being tipped off by the Fed and they're doing huge trades uh, to profit on what's going on at the Fed. The Fed's giving this information out to these guys, and that's a conflict of interest. You could see, I, essentially what you're looking at is a large number, small number of bankers with a ton of money 
turning the world around. And you could theoretically see the middle class and the people who don't know anything about the markets getting crushed. Of course. And you're also looking at a credit cycle coming down really, really quick and really, really hard. Right. And that's worrisome. And essentially what's going to happen, he's saying, is that no one will be buying treasuries and the treasury is going to have to buy its own debt. Once you see that, there's not much confidence left in the economy. No, big trouble no. there. Right. The bottom will fall out of it. Yeah. and uh, That means a crash in the American economy. I, I, I don't know if you can go that far, but it's going to get bad. And only advice I can have to people is buy a lot of oil, buy a lot of gold, and keep your money in Canada. That's it. That's your bottom line, is it? And don't buy those SUVs, because another thing I saw this week, mm -hmm. um, you got a bunch of oil driller uh, drilling companies in uh, Alberta, and uh, a couple asset managers met with them to uh, give them some financing. And he asked them, well, what are you going to do with your, you know, these guys make a ton of money. Mm -hmm. Asked them, what are you doing with your bonus? Well, I'm buying a, this is the oil executive. Well, I'm buying a hybrid car. It's not uh, normally associated that you uh, get these rich oil tycoon guys buying hybrid cars. Right. They're just beginning to hit the market here. They were talking about it last week right. on the Mike Stafford show on the new Mojo Radio so, uh, in Toronto about the new uh, Mercedes, the smart car. Yes, yes. It's an uh, interesting looking car. Essentially, the... Well, the golf carts. Right. I mean, pretty much golf carts, man. Right. All right. Um, essentially, uh, if the way I look at things, if guys like that are doing things which are extraordinary, people better, people better jump on on the wagon because these SUVs, it's going to cause a lot of havoc. If you have an SUV, basically get rid of it. Well, when, of course. Don't what, you see the correlation here, though, that uh, with the, uh, in, in the 70s, remember the, uh, the uh, false crisis uh, with the uh, shortage of uh, oil? I'm not that old. All right. What happened was this. That we had great big Cadillacs with big fins and big motors and muscle cars. Then we had the big oil shortage, the so-called oil shortage, which pushed, uh, I believe, uh, oil went up uh, over $30 a barrel, and it was at 15 and everybody started buying the Japanese cars, which were these, and a new word came into our, into our uh, salesman's, uh, car salesman's mouth, compact car. Right. All right. And then so everyone jumped on those. And now we've, we've done it again where everybody has been sold the SUV to stay alive on the highway. And, of course, they're gas guzzlers. And there is a, a definite correlation from the SUVs being flooded onto the market and then the price of oil going up to $53, what it is this week. So you see the plan. I totally hear you. I, I, like I said, I listen to your show for more direction. I mean, I try. you got to do what's best for you and sometimes uh, that means going against the grain and you complain about buying oil maybe buy the, maybe buy the oil companies that's your only real hedge I think it's right. going to get pretty bad mm -hmm. I don't know how quick but all you can really do is arm yourself with the information. And well, uh, I don't. I don't think uh, gold is going to stop at fifty-three dollars. Uh, well, no, I don't. I know it's not going to stop there. I know it's at four hundred right now. And there's a lot of conspiracies that it's being artificially uh, held up. down, pulled down actually oh. for a while. And uh, there's a central bank conspiracy about that. All gold traders will tell you that around the world. Mm -hmm. So uh, actually, the Rothschilds got out of that. I think it was the Rothschilds who got out of gold trading a little while ago, which I can't seem to understand. But um, it, it's quite—it's a quite interesting business. And uh, I, I listen to your show. It's a value added, 
and uh, I guess keep up the good work, and hopefully if I can uh, come back with some more information. Mike, you are fascinating tonight, absolutely fascinating tonight. Thank you so much for the call. It's the Spaceman, the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto, back in a minute. This is the Spaceman on a view from space. I'm accepting your emails at space at 640toronto.com or spaceman at 640toronto.com. I've been talking about Skull and Bones and the birth of that secret society that has placed its members atop some of the biggest corporations in the world and the biggest governmental positions in the world. And, of course, it's common knowledge now that uh, John Kerry and George W. are both Skull and Bones members. I'm also taking your calls at 416-870-6400. Star 640, if you've got a cell. Hi, Sean. You're on with space. Go ahead. Hey, Space. How's it going? Good. I was watching John Kerry on Dr. Phil this week, mm -hmm. and I guess the question was asked, how do you manage time with the family and politics? And he said rituals are very important to him. You bet. And you know what example he gave? <laughs> I missed that comment. Sorry. What? What? What was that? Rituals. Yeah. Yeah. I... Very important. Do you know which uh, examples he gave? No. Thanksgiving and Christmas. And <laughs> <laughs> I sat there. My mom was there, and I said, "See, I told you. Look at. They look at Christmas as a ritual. Yeah, it's the birth of the sun. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah. It's the birth of the sun. S U N. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I wanted to tie, it sort of tied in with the uh, subs. Um, I don't know if you know, but CNN is running the uh, uh, piece on the Cotter family. Do you remember who he was? Uh, Cotter. Yeah. His dad was a uh, Al-Qaeda terrorist over in uh, Afghanistan, and they ended up capturing this guy, and he worked for the CIA. Keep but, talking. <laughs> and uh, I guess uh, he infiltrated some of the mosques in Europe and... Uh, and then they just dropped him off. They didn't pay him, and he came back to Canada. And there's footage of the family saying, oh, yeah, we're glad that the Americans were getting bombed and stuff. Well, it's going to be playing Monday on CNN. <clears throat> How about that? And the, yeah. reason, uh, the reason that CNN is running the story is because? Well, they're going to start to push, uh, well, we've got to get some tightening of laws up in Canada, I think. Ah, the old... Uh, yeah, well, we got to be careful of our northern border, and we can't trust the so Canadians. So Potter came to Canada, did he, to hide? Well, he was, yeah, he, he was originally a Canadian citizen, ah. but his dad moved him back to uh, Afghanistan, and he was like the black Is chief of the family. K-A-H-D-R? No, Cotter, the Cotter family. It was a, it was a big uh, thing in the news because we wouldn't allow him back at first. And he was saying, you know, I got a Canadian passport and everything. And, uh, you know, we wouldn't let him back in. And then the ambassador of wherever let him back in the country and stuff. And now the family was trying to get back. So they're basically going to use this man as and an example family. to yeah. uh, slam the border shut. Well, they got footage of his uh, mother and sister, like, blasting the United States mm -hmm. and pictures of them in the training camps and what have you. Well, because my contention is, you see that uh, they actually don't want to keep people out of America. Very soon they want to be able to keep people in. Well, George Bush said that he promised that there wasn't a draft, but we already know that the guys that are trying to get out of Iraq, once they come back, they're sent right back, so uh, they can't get out that way. Mm -hmm. um, I just want a quick comment on the Missile Defense Treaty with the uh, comments that Graham said. 
How they're You're talking about the uh, space. Uh, the, 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 yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. To enforce their policy, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, he said that there was going to be consequences if we didn't sign on to it. And supposedly that there's land involved as well. Oh, yeah? Like selling of Canadian territory and money. You mean uh, up... Um Probably up north somewhere. Well, you see, here's the thing now. With Greenland, there happens to be a shelf that reaches out into the Arctic, and uh, they're actually, uh, for fishing rights and for oil rights, they're claiming that that's part of their area. And also the United States claims that. And I wonder if that is the uh, property uh, that's being spoke about here. But it goes back to the point, uh, I don't know if you ever saw the movie uh, with the Avril Arrow. When Jason sure. Baker sure. basically oh, yeah. threatened that, oh, we'll, sh we'll shoot the nukes down over Canada. Right. Mm -hmm. If that's what we were told this time, and the, our government's only telling us there'll be consequences, well, then we should know something about that. Mm -hmm. If the threat was made against our country's sovereignty, then that's something that we should know. They shouldn't just sign on so we can get the cows across the border. We all know that's a sham, right? right. <laughs> yes, of course it is. Yes. So, uh, I don't know. I think... Uh, you know, we're in a lot of trouble, and uh, it's going to be coming our way. Well, it's, it's getting so interesting. I, I still maintain this is the most interesting in, uh, time in the world ever to be born and to be living. You know, more, most interesting and uh, most painful at the same time, you know? You're right. So we uh, can only have faith. Have Thank you. Good night, Faith. Thank you, Sean. Michael, you're on with the Spaceman, the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Hello. Watch it again. Hello, Michael. Hello, Michael. Hey, you finally got me. Sir. I certainly do, sir. Who are you talking to? Your wife there? The Yankees are coming. Are they now? You mean, yeah. are you talking about the uh, baseball team? No, the Yankees are coming. They're on the border. Ah. They've got the troops there now. Yes, there are over a thousand troops guarding the 49th parallel, yes. You've got them. Uh, new new, new airplanes. Brunswick. New yeah. Brunswick. They're going to guard the Nova Scotia coast. They're going to make sure that none of those big terrorists get in here. Yeah. Now, how the hell is that going to work? Well, it's not. It's they're not, going to, it's not, going, to, it's not going to work. You can't guard. They're guarding, they're guarding, uh, like, trees. That's right. You can't guard uh, the world's longest border. They're guarding trees. They're putting tanks up there. Yeah. Was that your, uh, was that your comment? Yes, sir. Oh, thank you so much. It's the Spaceman on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm coming back, and I'm going to connect the dots for you and talk a little bit about the historic Afghani election. Next. Welcome to the control of the Illuminati worldwide. Hey, what about this with this caller that I had on earlier on a view from space on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto who was uh, involved in the uh, TSE talking to some pretty heady guys that move a lot of money for the rich man. Says oil may go up to as much as 70 bucks a barrel by March. Whoever the United States president is, what if he called the global emergency 
and for the sake of his Western allies, had to seize the oil fields. WW3 comes to mind. That could happen. As early as March? Hmm. The Illuminati have a huge criminal network operating with an international reach. They use money laundering, freezing of assets, moral public anxiety, sensational headlines. To affect their war on terrorism. I believe the beheading of Mr. Bigley would be under sensational headlines. You know how long they put that nation of Britain through? About three to four weeks of waiting. I knew at the outset that man was going to lose his head. The two Americans and the Brit, Bigley, the two Americans have already had theirs chopped. And I can tell you who did it. I know who did it. It's the Memphis Misraim strain of the Illuminati. Egyptian Freemasonry. God, their logo for their secret society is a hand with just a hand holding the hair of a severed head with a short blade underneath. Because you see, here's what the Memphis Misraim strain of Freemasonry in Egypt believes. When you sever the head from the body, you're helping the person move to a new spiritual level. You're taking away the brain from the body so that the man's soul can be free. I call it terrorism at its worst by the Illuminati. This is the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Space Back. More. Radio 640 Toronto. It's Spaceman on a view from space on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto. Since we were talking about the Federal Reserve earlier, and a very informative call from a fellow called Mike who does some work there and was talking to some pretty heady individuals who moved a lot of money. We were talking economies. I'm going to go to my expert on economies and that's Sydney. Hi, Sydney. Oh, hi, Gary. I actually called in about that. Um, it's actually a myth that a country can go bankrupt. But I'm, I'm going to start off by connecting a few dots. This you know, is the good. Skull and bones. Uh, I, have five, I have five minutes. It's yours. Go yeah, ahead. the skull and bones. Well, that originally was on the first pirate ships. The pirate ships were called privateers. Who were the first privateers? The group who privatized our money supply. The private banks 
like Wall Street, like the Federal Reserve, they came out of that. The first privateers were the people who privatized the money supply of countries so that every time you build and produce, you have to pay interest on your own money. So the more a country produces, the more debt she will have. So that's where that comes from. Now, these two books, Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution, that was written by Antony Sutton, a very well-known historian in the 70s. He wrote another book, Wall Street and the Rise of Hitler. And if there's an honest journalist out there or historian, there'll be another book, Wall Street and 9-11. So the reason a nation can't go bankrupt, I'll explain it to you this way. When the Great Depression happened, the day after the Depression happened and everyone was in bread lines and jumping out windows, the resources that were there the day before the Depression were still there. The mines, the farms, the factories, the shops, a great, uh, they had a great railway system. They had a great postal system. It was all there. There was only one thing missing. The Federal Reserve, who had taken over as money manager of the United States and who were issuing the money and charging the U.S. government, as they do today, interest on every piece of paper they put out, they decided that to grab more of the United States, they would claw back one-third of all the money they had out there. And the money, of course, is in loans. That's our money supply. So we have a $600 billion debt because of it. There's only 5% of our debt is the actual debt. The other 95% You're talking is, Canada, is all, yep, right. all compound interest. The U.S. owes trillions. Who do they owe trillion, it to? by the way. Yep. Seven. They owe it to their so-called money manager, the Federal Reserve. Right. And, I, I mean... It's just ludicrous what's done. If the government needs more money than what they've collected in taxes, we'll just use a billion here. They go to the Federal Reserve. They give them the bonds, a billion dollars worth. The Federal Reserve puts on some fancy paper. They issue credit and money to the government. The government pays its bills. But then the government, the U.S. government, has to pay to the Federal Reserve interest on the paper they've just printed. Not only that... But the bonds that the government gives to the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve then lends them out at interest. We don't need the middle. So they're making money on, 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 on twice. Absolutely. We don't need that. What's happening all over the globe is countries should tell the money lenders to go to hell. We're going to have our own central bank. We're issuing our money at no interest for infrastructure, at no interest. Not to you. Banks would still exist that they would not be allowed to lend more money than they have. have. Mm -hmm. And that's when you lend more than you have, you're creating money. That's what that is. So when the Federal Reserve hauled in one-third of all its loans, they were being used as money. If we paid off our debt today, we wouldn't have any money supply. We have got to start issuing money at no interest by government. And that's why the United States broke away from England. It wasn't about the tea. They had to get away from the Bank of England, which was crippling them. And they decided to have their own colonial money. And Benjamin Franklin went to England and told the bankers that's why the U.S. was so prosperous. The colonies, at least, were prosperous. And they couldn't have that. So that's when the, the, war, the, the war came about. And the Federal Reserve, Jackson, there were, there were many wars, and they were all fought in the U.S., 1812, all of them. 
They were all fought over who would issue the money and credit of the nation, the government or a private banking family. Guess who won? And yes, guess, and ver in a very sneaky way, if you know the story. It was inflicted overnight during the Christmas holidays by about five people who put through that of the Federal Reserve Bill. So that's how that happened. So now, the Canada, we don't produce our money anymore. Our bank only puts out 2% at no interest. All our foreign loans, our loans are out in foreign banks, private banks. We pay $45 billion every year in interest we don't have to pay. If we would go back to our own bank and do what Chavez did and said, look, we don't need any private money She's here. She's talking we've about got, the Venezuelan president. Yes, go ahead. We've got our own resources. A country should base its money on its real resources, not on what somebody might have in gold. Water is worth more than gold any day of the week. After they collect the oil, they'll collect the water. So the people who control the issuance of money to governments are the same ones that are going to control the food, the water, the oil is second now. So the money lenders who... This whole globe is mortgaged. It's mortgaged to them. We're all in the pawn shop. Mm -hmm. So anyone who issues and controls the money can cause a depression anytime they want, can fund a war anytime they want. And have done both. Absolutely. And that is And what, will do again. That's what's happening. So this man who said that some uh, country's going bankrupt, no. They should do what Chavez said. No, we're not bankrupt. We have people. Our people are assets. We have our resources. We're not bankrupt. Because what they've done is, you must learn to discriminate between a financial scheme and a real economy. There is a huge difference. A financial scheme has been superimposed over our real economies. And if we could get the money lenders away from government, our, our corrupt government who sold out to them, and we could get back to producing our money at no interest for our own infrastructure, we could opt out of the missile defense, we could tell all these people, we don't need it, we don't want it, we are independent. Because if a country doesn't issue its own money, it doesn't have sovereignty. We haven't had sovereignty for a number of years, and the states lost theirs in 1913. And these people are the Illuminati. You want to know who they are? They're the banking cartel. That's the Illuminati. And they own everything on this planet now. Thank you, Sydney. Well put. It's the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto, a view from space. Back in minutes. I'm not like you, but open your eyes. I'm going through the Afghan phony election. I'm connecting some of the oil bots. I'm taking a few calls on, say, how economies crash, how the Federal Reserve fits in, how they got a hold of everything, and things like that. One of my favorite callers is George. Hi, George. Go ahead. Hi there, Spaceman. So much to say in so little time. But we do have messages of hope. There are real economies. I live in the country. Farms are real economies. Yeah. It doesn't matter what happens. Like, we're already prepared up here. We have uh, our own currency notes, debt-free, interest-free notes that are traded amongst the locals. 
so that whatever you make can be traded or uh, sold to other people, whether in town or not. You know, that's what I did as a kid, George, out on the prairies in Saskatchewan. We traded potatoes for a side of beef. Exactly. So we're, we're prepared for this. We're also prepared for the fact no matter what happens, any kind of war or uh, uh, social upheaval because of an economic problem, that we're prepared to take in the, uh, the people from the city. Uh, and a lot of us are taking these plans very, very seriously to heart to make sure that uh, you know, we can take in hundreds of people per farm and make sure that you have food and water and clothing and shelter. And uh, so you have nothing to fear and nothing to worry about except fear itself. We have our own leaders, and uh, you know, we don't need the bankers. We don't need the politicians. And if they come begging and groveling at our farms, well, I guess we may have to feed them because that's just good the way you are. Love. Yeah, it's but, just the uh, way uh, country people are. But anyway, when you talk about these elections, you have to remember Chairman Mao's axiom on elections. It doesn't matter who casts the ballot. It only matters who counts the ballots. Yep. And whether they use these new electronic machines in the States or they cheat the old-fashioned way in Afghanistan, it's still a cheat, it's still a lie, it's still a fraud. And uh, that's why out here in the country uh, we took our own sovereigns and we're starting to decide and realize now that we have to depend on our own local leaders to be our sovereign. And we don't need the, uh, the thieves, the bankers, and the cutthroats anymore. Uh, a nice analogy I like to use since we're being threatened by our American neighbors to sign on to the space shield is I look at Canada as my daughter and I look at the United States as my future son-in-law and my future, future son-in-law comes to the house he's in camo and he's got an M16 and he kicks open the door with his big jack boots and he leans his M16 against the fridge and he tells my daughter Canada cook bitch or there's going to be consequences well I don't know what kind of daughter you got, and I don't know what kind of man you are, but uh, that's all I got to say is, Jack, you're out the door, and we're breaking your rifle and throwing it out after you. That's the way it's got to be. And until we get people in Ottawa with cojones to do that, we're pretty much wasting our time sending anyone there. I came across two really thunder uh, pieces of information. Uh, one was popularly broadcast in uh, the major media. Canada is now... Uh, a holder of weapons of mass destruction. We recreated the 1918 flu, so I must give credit to uh, our uh, mad doctor out in Winnipeg at Canada's National Microbiology Laboratory for allowing this behemoth to come back to Earth again and threaten us all. It's probably the most dangerous thing that ever existed in humankind. Uh, it was the greatest pandemic that ever happened. Uh, herbally, cinnamon will kill the flu, so no one got the 1918 flu that worked in the cinnamon factory, so it might be something to keep around uh, just to help yourself out. The doctor who recreated was a chap named Darwin Cabasa. That's quite a handle. And it was portrayed in the Globe and Mail uh, article on Thursday, October 7th. Scientists create cousin of the 1918 killer flu if you want to brush up on it. If you want to make it, uh, then uh, one of those great science magazines that quoted in here gives you step-by-step -step instructions just in case uh, you were uninformed. I also hear one of our neighbors on this side of the pond, Brazil, is refining uranium and selling it for oil. They've been doing this for quite some time, it appears, according to a UPI article that I got on Space Wars uh, News. Brazil under nuclear microscope again. Brazil is turning down the International Atomic Energy Association and telling them to go to blazes, and they're refining uranium and selling it on the open market, and even starting their own nuclear program, it appears. But somehow, 
that's not news because we don't have any oil to steal or exploit from Brazil. And then I knew something happened in the world. We had our submarine stranded in the ocean, and that obviously that's a diversion of some sort or another. But then the hard part comes to be, well, what's it a diversion for? And I just couldn't figure it out. I struggled with it for days and days and days. So just out of the blue, I figured, well, I'll look on the Royal Navy's website and just look at some pictures of the uh, rescue, because they'll probably have some good colored glossies, being that they're doing the rescue work. And then when I noticed on Royal Navy News, there's a major exercise going on. Exercise Destined Glory 04. 47 ships, 46 aircraft under HMS Invincible from 11 different nations under Rear Admiral Styles are going to do a mock invasion of Sardinia, uh, including like a land uh, thing. And they have a reference to uh, a NATO website too, JF NATO for Joint Forces NATO. So this will be an amphibious landing. Exactly. Okay. So we're going to have a lot of men material in position in the Mediterranean well in place to start another war in the Middle East if they're so desired. It's one of the big, like they do this exercise every year, like uh, I just love the name of it, Destined Glory, what are we for? On the NATO website, uh, it just describes it's at the center of NATO transformation, I guess transforming them into a world global... Uh, well, they're going to be the new U.S. ...to hammer us into submission. Correct. But uh, NATO, by the way, is the United Nations, an arm of the United Nations. Yes, exactly. Actually, a great professor many years ago wrote a book, NATO and the Warsaw Pact are one. They're both armies formed under United Nations Charter to uh, make us subservient. And uh, that's the real news. I just look at the, uh, the submarine issue as something to attract our attention. Our media aren't reporting these massive movements Mm-hmm. of ships and planes and troops right. preparing for whatever. Uh, another Well, couple, practicing for whatever. Uh, taking over the Middle East, I'm sure. Yeah. Another quick little uh, snippet that deserves uh, some attention is the RCMP has cleared itself in its terror cell sweep of rounding up all these uh, Muslims in uh, 2003. And uh, isn't that a wonderful thing? And I'm sure the Gestapo cleared themselves when they rounded up the Jews, too. But uh, it's a shame the commissioner just didn't go all out and just make sure they all wear a nice yellow crescent moon on their chest. But even though I'm not a Muslim, I'll wear my crescent moon first and tell them to go to blazes. They violated everything we hold dear and sacred in this country by uh, just using police state tactics on these people and arresting them without any reasonable and probable grounds and taking away their rights and freedoms. And that, that is a blight on this nation and it's a blight on what is proper law enforcement procedures in this country. Abdul Qadir comes to mind at the, uh, and has just uh, been mentioned now twice on this show tonight. There but for the grace of God go we, because it'll be our time soon. Then uh, it was a chap who was shot to death by the Pakistani police, it was in the Toronto Star Monday, September 27th, and uh, I liked their piece. I cut it out because what they do to show the picture of the gentleman, this uh, Amjad Hussein, who was supposed to be some sort of uh, Al-Qaeda terrorist, but they put his national ID card up as his identity photograph. So if this guy really is a terrorist and are giving away all our rights and freedoms to have some sort of universal national identification card is supposed to protect us, well, what did it do? Absolutely nothing. Uh, he had his national ID card. He was still a terrorist, and he was still shot to death. So basically that's just a giant exercise in futility. So there's no sense in us giving up our rights and freedoms. Another thing that's a major slap in the face to us, and it's something everyone should pay attention to, is the Star on October 8th, that's Friday, 
reporter faces jail and probe of CIA leak. So this is a New York Times reporter and her editor. She's being threatened with being put in jail for a long time for leaking, for coming in contact with a story she never wrote and was never published. If that is an Orwellian uh, doublespeak, then uh, I guess it is. But uh, she had a source who provided her information with the identity of a CIA agent, which was probably really leaked by the White House. But uh, she was thinking about composing an article, but didn't, and it was never published, and she's still facing jail time. Wow. A lot of listeners always comment, like, well, why don't I read this in the paper? Why don't I see anything? I had the great fortune of finding a book on Amazon, and I'm so glad I ordered it because I was able to get it for two bucks. It was called Secrets, The CIA's War at Home, written by the late Angus McKenzie. He was a Vietnam War activist back in the good old days when his brother came back from Nam. They decided to start a newspaper to tell people what was really going on in Nam and how the war was a fraud and a fake. And guess what happened? The chief of police comes up to him in a town he was traveling through giving away his newspaper, saying, have you got permission to publish this newspaper? And he's going like, hey man, this is America. So he ended up in jail because he didn't have permission to publish that newspaper. But the what was the charge, George? I mean, just make stuff up. Uh, he was supposed to be spreading pornography and, uh, you know, you know, whatever they could... Uh, I remember once when I was a policeman, they arrested a guy sound asleep for a breach of the peace. And I go, was he snoring too loud? So when the time comes, they just make it up. Oh, okay. The sad part of the book is laws have come into place where you have to constitutionally give up your rights by signing a contract with the U.S. government. So if you work for the CIA, the State Department, or the Defense Department, you must sign a contract where you give away your rights. So you can never speak in public, you can never publish, you can never give anything to the press. Even if you find major malfeasance in the government, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. And if a member of the press receives any of this information and tries to publish it, then they're facing mega jail time and major fines. So that way, everything is a secret and all malfeasance by government will be punished by the person who tries to reveal it to the public going to prison. That's the system they set up. And it got very bad under Reagan when uh, Vice President uh, El Duce Bush the first was around. He made sure that everything was a secret and that nothing was going to come out. Some of the, the major uh, difficulties were the original report for Vietnam was negative. It was an unwinnable war, a total waste of time. That report was sent to Washington. The numbers were crunched and changed into a winnable war. And this man couldn't talk. And if he dared do it, he's facing prison. But some brave people stood up and said, no, there's a certain wrong in this world. And no matter what they do to me, I'm still going to stand up and speak. And uh, unfortunately, they're very few and very far between. But that is the system we're in now, is where we cannot know how a major democratic, so-called democratic government is run, where the money goes, what mistakes are made, or what evil they do. And if anyone dares ask, publish, or speak it, they're thrown in prison. If that isn't a police state, I don't know what is. It makes Iraq sound almost like a, a joy to behold. They do exactly the same thing that despots and tyrants do, because they are despots and tyrants. And it's about time that a lot of people start to come to grips with this and uh, plug this into their voting patterns. Start asking questions, shaking your MPs and anyone else who is supposed to be your alleged leader, and start saying, hey, we've had enough of this crap. It's time we take our countries back. It's time we start knowing the truth. I know I've tried my best. I wrote a TV show called Che TV. I'm still looking to find a producer with some cojones because we're taking the uh, envelope all the way to the limits 
we're going to tell the truth. You can have pornography, you can have violence, you can have anything, but don't ever dare tell the truth. But reputations are going to have to fall. If they don't fall, when the lesser powers get their nuclear weapons, and they ultimately will, they'll use them against us. And we have to lay the cards on the table, show where we screwed up, and say, look, we can't change yesterday, but we can work today to make tomorrow better. And uh, we're going to do that by being forthright and honest. And if we do that, we may avoid the ultimate nuclear apocalypse. If we don't, well, then one of these evil nations one day is going to kick our keister. And it's not really going to matter who's right, who's wrong, who wins, who loses. We'll all lose. And uh, my first... Uh, so-called guest on Che TV. What Che does is he captures famous people in history and they get into some very interesting dialogue on what was done in the past, how it affects today. Is General Lemnitzer the guy who did Operation Northwoods? If there's anything people have to know, it's to know the concept of Operation Northwoods, where you attack yourself and blame it on somebody else. Exactly how I started the show tonight, George. Why America attacks itself. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. call. It's a spaceman on Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm coming back. There's more to come on a in space. on Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. When I come back, the Bush family and its oil connection. You will not believe it. I'll take you through the early days of the Bush family connections and also the people that are uh, working for them right now that are in the White House that have been connected with the oil. Also, the Taliban, the Karzai connection. In Afghanistan, it's all coming up in moments right here on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. It's a spaceman coming back with more in moments. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell are the numbers. If you want to email, email at spaceman at 640toronto.com or simply space at 640.com. Coming back with more in moments. Connecting the dots. In Afghanistan. Spaceman on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. A view from space. Maybe before I get into this Bush oil connection with the Illuminati, I should take this call. Hello, Mark. Go ahead. You're on. Oh, hello. <laughs> I didn't realize it'd be on uh, right now. <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just really surprised that, 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 that you folks are... No, there's only one guy. It's not folks. It's one guy. It's me. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Um, and you're surprised at what? 
Well, I mean, really, I mean, you look at what's going on in this, you know, in this, in this war on terror. Okay, hold on. The war on terror. Describe to me what you believe the war on terror really is. Um, well, I think that it's a kind of a... Um, Did you hear the beginning of the show? No, no, I didn't. The part where I said uh, they will pit one against the other, it's called the Hegelian dialectic, where you pit when they got it from Hegel, the German, in, a, in, uh, in uh, Germany. Mr. Russell brought it back, and they are a secret organization called Skull and Bones who highly placed people that they control are now controlling the banks and all of our all of our countries of the world they uh, also control all the um, oil they also control all the people and through that they have this incredible all pervasive power to be able to affect each and every single person's life here on the planet and if they can't find an enemy to pit against one another, they will make one up. And I believe that the war on terror is a made-up threat. Well, actually, I don't. Uh, I know you don't. Well, I don't, because, I mean, I, I used to work down at the uh, World Financial Center, just, you know, down, just really, literally across the street from the World Financial Center. From, from from the World Trade Center, and... Are you talking to me about the NASDAQ building? Uh, no, I'm talking about... I'm talking about the the World Trade Center. Uh, well, I, the NASDAQ is across from where the World Trade Center towers were. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's owned by Condé Nast. The building is owned by Condé Nast. And the World Financial Center is right across the street from the World Trade... Or was right across the street from the World Trade Center. And... You know, I, I mean, I, I, I look at these, I, I look at these folks, and and they're. Which folks are you looking at, sir? I'm looking at the what what I think. The Muslim extremists. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's who they say they are. They say they are Al Qaeda. That's another name. Do you know what Al Qaeda means, sir? Um, the base. That's correct. That's... Absolutely correct. I, I put it to you that Al-Qaeda are people that are conscripted, trained to attack specific targets. And Al-Qaeda, but are not Muslims at all. In fact, are Illuminati operatives. controlled by the elite rich people to fulfill the Hegelian dialectic, which is to put one side against another. And I believe that it's time now for the Crusades to begin again, to pit Muslim versus Christian first, then Jew later. The idea to create this kind of chaos and so that they can institute a change in the world which they've already done. They've changed our freedom rights. 
They have changed the way we live our life. They have changed the way that we do business. They have changed the way that we travel, all because of their so-called war on terror. Remember the war on drugs? Yeah. It's yeah. basically the same plan, driven by the Illuminati interests, so that they could, well, move away from the oil in the Persian Gulf and start to take oil out of South America, Venezuela, Ecuador, and places like that. It, it doesn't make sense to me. It, it really doesn't. I mean, you can say that as, 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 as much as you like, but the point is that, I mean, I'm looking at this, and... What are you looking at, sir? Well, I'm looking at... I think you're watching CNN too much. I think you're buying their whole line. Well, no, actually, as, as it turns out, I haven't got cable, so I can't even watch CNN. Uh, That's a good thing, because you'd be way over the edge if you saw that, because they are very good at their propaganda. Do you believe there's such a thing as propaganda right now? Do you believe that there is uh, a war for people's minds right now to convince them one way or another? Uh, Why do you think the two politicians down in the States are lying about one another? Um, I don't think that they're really lying. Oh, oh come on. They are so. No, no, I think that I think that they they really are at odds as as to what they think. They are the, the Hegelian is. dialectic, sir, is what I'm telling you. They are both members of the Skull and Bone Society. They are both graduates of Yale University. They are both they are they are both they actually are related. They have Franklin Delano Roosevelt as a as a relative. Uh -huh. Winston Churchill also. George Herbert or George W. has a bust of Winston Churchill in the Oval Office, sir. Yeah, yeah, that that, that I would imagine. Yeah. What? How do you mean imagine? Well, no, no, I would I would imagine. You've that, heard of that. You that, mean that George Bush would probably have a bust of of Churchill in his in his office because generally he tends to speak kind mm -hmm. of in. Well, that, he admires him greatly. Why? Because he did all manners of atrocities to forward the Illuminati goal of a one-world government. Do you believe, sir, that there is a one-world government on the way? No. You don't? No, because I, I don't think that... Well, what that, about this? I don't think How about that most this? people would actually, would actually buy into that. No one is buying into it. We are being shoved... It's being shoved down our throats. We're not buying into it. No one is. We're being, we're being shoved... Uh, we're having it shoved on us. Uh, well, perhaps, Look at, perhaps the first world war. <laughs> the first world war gave us the League of Nations, which were forty-three nations that band together. Yeah, and they said that would stop all other wars. It was yeah. called the Great War, World and, War and, One, and, sir. And, and, all right, and, and then World War Two broke out, which gave us the morphing of the League of Nations into the United Nations, which is now up to one hundred and ninety-three nations. The next world war, and the Illuminati plan calls for three world wars to bring us into a new world order or a global government. The next war will knock down all borders, take away all people's property rights, take away all of their, uh, of their uh, rights to inherit money from their other families. So, in fact, we will actually be slaves well, to the rich, the elite rich that are now controlling our banking system and all the corporations, the ones that are wreaking havoc on our stock market today, sir. And it seems as though very much that, that the United States is, is, is very 
um, very interested in, in, in seeing that happen. I mean, no, the Americans the are only a pawn because you see they have people that are running America. Remember, America is now the policeman of the world, correct? She is the economic engine of the world, correct? Um, she is about to... That's what 9-11 was all about, sir. The a military hit and the financial, economical hit. That's why the Pentagon was hit, symbolically, because they're so into symbolism, the Illuminati. And that is why the World Trade Centers, sir, were hit. It's Jochen and Boaz, the two... The, the, the two... Uh, Pillars that are in every single Freemasonry lodge. Don't buy it. It always goes back to King Solomon, sir. Just don't buy it. I, you know, I, you know, I. What are you buying? That this is a legitimate war that we have to kill Muslims because they're standing in our way for uh, cheap oil. No, no. Well, I, what, I, I, what are you buying? I'm buying Mark? the fact that that actually Muslim extremists, people who are. Who who are really the the equivalent of of, of fascists, um, but on the Muslim side, um, you know, we've got we've got to deny um, we've got to deny them, you know. Uh, um, so you have no problem with, you have you have no problem with uh, America unilaterally attacking a nation. No, unilaterally what? Unilaterally, like Poland, for instance, joining no, with, no, no, with no, the no, no, States, no, 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 no. You're talking Muslims with, just now, or with, or or with. You're talking Muslims just now. The UK. No, or, or perhaps no. They attacked Iraq without provocation. <laughs> Twelve years of, of of flouting of UN resolutions is is not a provocation. They set up Saddam Hussein. Yeah, okay. he is an Illuminati member. He was playing the other side of the Hegelian dialectic, sir. You just don't get it, do you? Yeah, I don't think it's a charade to fool everyone. I don't get. Uh, Here's another one. Dialectic. Here's another one for you. You know, Mojo Radio Six Forty Toronto. It's a view from space. This is space. I'm talking with Mark right now, Mark. Beslan, Russia. Remember the children in the school? They were Muslim extremists, correct? Um, if they were Muslims, why would a Muslim, to try and get the world on their side and, and draw attention to their plight, to their cause, why on earth would they slaughter 155 children and expect the world to back them, to be on their sides? How, how, how do you, where, where is the train of thought? Where is the logic in that? That a Muslim extremist who cares devoutly about his God and his religion and his family would kill 155 people, in, uh, children, in Beth, and shoot them in the back and blow them up in Beslan to get the world to look at their plight and to be on their side. How could you ever... Uh, uh, justified doing that. Don't know. I, I, I don't I, either. Thanks for the call. Wow. Go figure that out. It's the Spaceman. Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Back in a minute. 416-870-6400 or star 640 on yourself. Please, when you call, think out your questions or think out thoroughly what you will say.
Mojo Radio. The new Mojo Radio at 644. I'm checking your calls at 416-870-6400, star 640 on yourself. If you want to email me, it's if you want to get your voice off the air, it's spaceman at 640toronto.com or space at 640toronto.com. Hi, go ahead, Frank. Hi, spaceman. Yes, sir. I just I was listening to that uh, guy. Uh, a lot of ignorance coming out of his mouth. It's oh. obvious that it, it's obvious that um, there's a lot of people who really just look at what they do. They they, they really can't see the future. Um, I, I I think you're doing a fantastic job. I guess. As a matter of fact, the whole team in in this station, everything you guys do, and it's a it's a fantastic job. There's a lot of guys listening to you. I talked to a lot of guys. You know, when I was 18 years old, I worked at the supermarket at night, and I met this older guy over there. He was a member of some world religion. I've known everything you guys are talking about for 30 years already. Mm-hmm. The uh, Third World War, Solomon's Temple. Wow. The reasoning behind the whole thing. And if, if I'm not mistaken, it's all also it's also all in the Bible. So it's, it's all the prophecies, all the prophecies from the from the past and everything that's been going on. It's already written. It's going to happen. And with all the crap that's been going on. In the world with the uh, the wars and the, the the weather, I mean, look at the weather. Frank, how about this? And now, I just want you to think on this. How about if they put some things in the book, the Bible, okay? And they're, I mean, man put it in the book, changed the words I'm talking about, and they're actually going to make it look like it's happening. I'm talking about the fake return of Christ. The Antichrist. Yes. Because listen to me carefully. If the real thing comes before the phony one comes, no one will accept the phony one. The only way is to put the fake one first. And in order to do it, they have to create chaos. That's right. And also, they have to follow the general outline of Revelation. Yes. So that people that are Christian believers and have been deceived even by their preachers in their churches that have been preaching this, yes, the Muslims must go, right? You set up that Hegelian dialectic right there in the churches by pitting one religion against the other. In other words, I'm talking about a fake return of Christ and a return to the Crusades for the sake of world domination. One world government. Yep. Yes. I believe that's what's going to happen. I believe it's not the real coming. It's going to be a fake one. And all of the things that lead up to that are going to be manifest here on the earth by man. Yes. There's a movie. And you know what? I, I cannot remember the name, but there's a movie that, that everything you've just said is in that movie. Wow. The coming of the Third World War, the, the building of, these, of Solomon's, Solomon's Temple, the yeah. Antichrist already in the 
world, uh, or let's say the uh, United Nations. Yes, the dome has, no, the dome of the rock is where Solomon's temple was. Right. That has to be removed. In this movie, few of the believers of higher power could not be brainwashed by God, by the, uh, by the Antichrist. Well, a great deception is, is it not? That's right. Yeah. But only a handful, there's only a few. There's a movie, you know, I will find out the name of this movie, and I'll get you back, and I'll tell you the name of the movie. Very All right, Frank. Expect me back here next Saturday well, night at 9 p.m. Thank you so much I'll for the call. Thank you. Mary, Spaceman, you're on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto. Please go ahead. Hello? Hello? Hello. Yeah. Well, Gary Bell, you're still sounding as wonderful as ever. Why are you so uh, hateful and negative? I'm not. I'm just... Um, I'm spewing just... hatred all the time. I am? Like to know. Yeah. Are you a very uh, happy person or not? Wait a minute. Let's not get too personal here. Let's just Oh, you don't want to be topic. personal, eh? You're scared. Well, of what? <laughs> of what? Of personal questions. <laughs> well, what interest is it? Well, it has to do aren't with... You interested in the state of, with uh, in the state of the, all this aren't you interested in the state of the world that we're going to leave well, our children? do you think that the Americans care what you think? No, you no, think, no, nobody like said living, that. No. Do you like, hey, Mayor, living, do you like living in Canada? Sure. You do? Yeah. Oh, you have no complaints about Canada? No, I've been around the world. Oh, yeah, but I'm talking about Canada. I've now. worked in Germany. I've worked do you in England. Like Canada? This what? is the best place to live right now. Okay, I thought you do. You would say you don't like Canada, so they're not part of the conspiracy, right? We're a Commonwealth country. Huh? We're a Commonwealth so country. So that makes us in the conspiracy. No, the United States is the conspiracy at the moment to oh, destroy yeah? freedom in the world. And, is, and, is America not the home of the free and the land of so the brave, right. Mary? That what is the one that's going to fall. They're going to be the first ones to go. No, everything. No, I don't. That's right. But you, you, when you talk, it's as if you know everything that's going to happen. No, that's what you perceive. I don't come on I and say I know everything. I give you a view from space. Yeah, on what's happening space. in the world. That's where I think you are, in space. Okay. You're not down to earth. That's fine. Yeah, but you have a good program. It attracts a lot of uh, negativity. You know, all these people that uh, think like you do. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Anyway, you, you, I, I wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. You don't find the election in Afghanistan a negative? You don't find the war in Iraq Did and the depleted like... uranium shells in Iraq and you. all of the deformed Wait a minute, I'll babies. answer you. You I'll don't I'll you, answer you. Think, you. Can uh, I answer you? Yeah. Did, do, you, do, you like, did you like Saddam Hussein? Do you like him? He's still alive. You bet he is. And they don't have him in jail like either. Him? He's, like him? he's vacationing on the Black Sea. Yeah, he's probably was, seeing Putin see, tonight. That's, a, that's another thing. That's another thing you don't know, and you're just spewing out, you know, uh, No, nonsense. that's just my take on things. Yeah, that's right. That's and you right. have your take on things. So, and you so, can have this radio station, this 50,000-watt No, that's what I think torch. you're angry about. You can have it so to say right. what your view is. You know why? That's that why is angry. freedom. And that's why I love you Canada. In America, angry. they would jerk me off the air. That's Mary, right. it's news time. Got to go. Thanks for the call, spaceman. On the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Back with more in a minute.
145, I've been a little heated in the last couple of segments, simply because once the truth is spoken, it gathers a crowd. And sometimes within that crowd are a few hecklers. And we just had a couple of hecklers. I only put them on for one reason. So that everyone gets to have their say. Because that's what free speech is all about. That's what this show's all about. Danny, you're on with the Spaceman on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto. Hi. Hi, Gary. Yeah, I was just re- wanted to refer from that to the um, psychology professor. Um, George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel? Exactly. Okay. And the Hegelian School of Thought. Mm-hmm. I read a little uh, piece uh, in regards to three professors, one from Yale, one from Stanford, and uh, another one from Connecticut uh, in the U.S. back in the... Uh, the 1800s that went over to study under this doctor. Mm-hmm. It's some pretty interesting and scary stuff that they. Oh, very. They they teach that 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 uh, and, and it really opened up my made me think outside the box because the difference between Canadian Canadians and their outlook on their our politicians being somewhat skeptical no matter who's in power and the Americans is the Hegelian school of thought. And I, for a long time, couldn't understand how Americans could be so patriotic when they see so many things that are happening that, that have motive and, uh, and, and are questionable in regards to, to geopolitical politics and tribal politics like the Vietnam War, for instance, uh, you know, the Iraq War and things like that. Mm-hmm. But they seem to have this Western civilization represented by skull and bones, the Illuminati, that is, and... and the Hegelian school of thought seems to have a crisscross effect. They, they, they architecturally want to put in institutions and in, in government bodies and in the banking system. Well, they have put it in. Can. Yes, it's in. Any, anybody belonging, going to Yale, I believe the tuition now has gone up so high no one can afford it except for the elite rich. Well, of course. It's 30,000 30, plus American. The ones that get in and are picked. Oh, hand-picked. You know what the first question is? Has any of your family members ever attended this university? No. That's the first question. Yeah. They want to know bloodlines first because that's who gets the seats. Exactly. And it's beginning to happen here. They don't... uh, The ones that are picked, I don't believe that uh, this... This particular institution, here's a really interesting point, do not take government money. It's an independent entity. They can put in their curriculum whatever they like. That's right. Which is different than the rest of the curriculum in the United States colleges and universities and and education system. They, in 1900, had a meeting in Cleveland, apparently, after these doctors from these three accredited universities in the state of Connecticut went to, to, to study for two or three years under this Hegelian uh, psychology method to be used on people, the, the end result is that your people become the machine for the country, and the people that are in the lower ranks of society do not have the right to have a soul. It's only the country 
that, that this, this right. form of thinking has the right, right. to have the state, it, What you're saying is this, te- they teach that the state is more important than the individual. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, the power behind this, uh, this change in the education system that they had, with no minutes of the meetings taken or anything, in 1900 with these representatives of uh, these three different institutions, was incredible. The literature, the, the, the write-up was quite interesting and intense about how, during the Lyndon Johnson administration, that the National Association of Educators in, the, in, in America finally forced the federal, not the federal government, the people to accept federal government regulation and funding so that it could be controlled by this Western arm of the Illuminati, this Hegelian philosophy. It's quite, it's quite amazing and how they implemented this throughout the whole country and how it, bring, it does bring really heavy patriotism from the people. Yeah. The only reason that people can understand as a Canadian how, how there's so much um, patriotism when there's so many questionable things going on in regards, you know, in regards to what's been happening. Yeah, and they and they seem oblivious to uh, uh, all of the questions and, and and just see their flag. Yeah, because the two things Stone and Bones are most interested in are the running of the economy of a country, which they've already done on two hundred years ago when the country was started, because it was started by them. Right. And. Uh, the psychology of a country and its people is very important, which they've covered. And uh, it's just the Western arm of this organization. It's very interesting to people that have not read much about it. And the, the amount of information that is out there to the general public nowadays, I'm, I'm ashamed. It's, it's mind-boggling how much information there actually is and that how no one seems to be checking it or no one seems to have any knowledge. Yeah, the media is not doing it, and the people aren't doing it. Well, this show is. They get what they deserve if they don't smart. This show is, though. The media as a whole is not, but on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto, A View from Space is covering that. Absolutely. That's why you have so many listeners, and we'll we'll gather many, many along the way. Freedom of, of expression is how people figure things out that are best for humanity and not to be controlled robot slaves paying 50 cents on every dollar for the rest of your life to people that don't have your best intentions in mind. Right, absolutely. Gary, it's a pleasure. I'll let somebody else get on it. Well spoken, sir. An exceptional call. Thank you so much, Danny. It's the Spaceman on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Back with more in a few minutes. Oh, by the way, I was just checking on uh, uh, one of the British uh, sites on uh, Dr. Hagel. His mother's name was Maria Magdalena Luisa Nifrom. You notice the Mary Magdalene connotation in that name? Also, on the site, they also have mention of his sister, Christian Luisa, of Dr. Hegel's uh, sister. Uh, she committed, uh, or tried to commit suicide uh, at a very young age. Must have been hellish living around this young Hegel. And when Hegel died, three months later, after his death, she drowned herself. He also had a brother, too, George Ludwig. He was the youngest of the family. And he died fighting as an officer for Napoleon's army in the Russian campaign. Hegel was the oldest of three, their three children. 
I told you how the other two ended up. Four more children were born, but died shortly after their birth. So they actually had seven children between them. Three of them only survived. One was killed with Napoleon fighting the Russians. The girl drowned herself after Dr. Hegel's death, George Wilhelm Frederick Hegel. What an incredible family. And what an incredible, diabolical, Hegelian dialectic that was brought to human usage through this man. This is Spaceman on a new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto. Coming back with more. There's a really good reason. Get ready to find out things you never knew and be amazed by what you should know. It's a view from space on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto. I'm a spaceman at Kumu Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto, on the remaining moments of the Houston Space, last segment. Email that, spaceman at 640toronto.com and space at 640toronto.com. Got a great one from Robert. Now, this is probably the most knowledgeable piece of information that you will get off tonight's radio show. Hey, Space, let's not lose the plot. If we think the buck, the dollar, stops with the corporations, or that the agenda for global control is simply an extension of greed or private banking, we're not setting our sights high enough. He didn't write this. I want to say this. This guy has listened to a view from space. A lot. I'll carry on. There are those who carry out this agenda, and there are those that incepted it. The latter control the former, and we don't see them, because they transcend the social strata altogether. They're not even in the money game. While the currency of those in the public arena still centers around money, power, control, the currency of the highest order has always been knowledge. Privileged knowledge. Occult knowledge. This is the obsession that drives the agenda. Consider this. If there wasn't any higher for you to climb, and all of your needs, even the most whimsical, could be met with a snap of a finger, what then would, your cons- would consume your interest? Wouldn't it be magic? Black magic. San Rob. He understands. It's not about money. But money is the means to control. And through control, using their black magic, to dominate. That is the Illuminati's passion. 
magic. Hi, Tom. How you doing? Spaceman. <clears throat> You're on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Well, Spaceman, you know, I listen to your show from time to time. I find you can't entertain it. Don't believe an awful lot of what you say. Got a couple of questions for you. Maybe you can answer for me. Uh, I used to fly three, four times a week, going back about ten years. Uh, in the last two years, let's say since 9-11, I've had occasion to maybe make seven or eight flights. And uh, most of them within Canada, a couple of them over in the United States, no further than that. <clears throat> I have found absolutely no no difference in uh, the screening that I get through. Uh, I find very little aggravation at airports, so on and so forth like that, any different than what I did 10 years ago. So I have a lot of trouble in understanding what people's talking about, loss of their freedom and everything. If you act like a suspect, if you are a suspect, if you act like an idiot and give them a rough time, they're going to give you a rough time back. That's, that's what goes around comes around. That's life. Now, I need to ask you, I, I listened to you in uh, Art Bell show, you know, things like that, eh? and uh, I hear you talking about the Illuminati and your Algorian dialectic, I believe it was. Algorian, yeah, 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 yeah. And, anyway, and I heard, I heard you kind of give a little bit of a history on that thing. Um, we're... <laughs> I appreciate the fact, you know, that rich people are going to band together, shall we say. I appreciate the fact that, no, none of my family have gone to Yale. They also don't belong to the Granite Club. Uh, I think Canada is the best place in the world to live. At the same time, though, we got a bunch of rollover and play dead citizens who keep electing the government that treats them like crap. Uh, you know, pees on them every time they turn around and just sort of laugh at them like they, they don't have to answer anything. They do whatever the hell they want and the jerk guys go and put the X in the ballot box again and put them back in. Mm -hmm. Are the other guys, are the alternative any better? I don't know. But, you know, we got to try it. You know where I'm coming from? Well, it's, uh, it's this somebody... is what tonight's show was about, uh, and we're almost at the conclusion, Tom. It was called the Hegelian dialectic, which means you control both sides. They control both parties. So it doesn't really matter who gets in. Let's take, for instance, the November 2nd election of America coming up here uh, very shortly. It doesn't matter if John Kerry or George Bush gets in. Look at the country as the United States sailing ship America. It is sailing to a certain port. It does not matter who is the captain in her wheelhouse. That's where she's headed. The course will not change. Well, you know, I, I don't have a lot of argument with you on that basis. I don't think it's just a sailing ship America. I think it's a sailing ship Canada and Britain and all the rest of them. Well, you're it. right. I was just uh, using, uh, I was just using uh, America as an example because America is going to be taken down. But the thing is, you know, when you say one world government, I definitely disagree with that because I think that the powers that be in the individual countries are too power happy and greedy themselves to allow one person, shall we say, to be the boss over all of them. I don't think that'll ever happen just on that basis because they're all power hungry. And, you know, to a lesser degree, so are the rest of us. You know, it's the same thing where you do your show because they pay you X number of dollars. If your boss turned around and said to you tomorrow, hey, Gary, we've got to cut your salary in half because we lost a whole bunch of our uh, sponsors and so on and so forth, 
But we know you're going to hang around because you love this so much and you want to get the message out to the people. Gary, you know and I know you're going to be gone. And that's fair. That's life. What are you saying? I, I didn't well, get that. I'm saying, well, I, didn't, I didn't understand that totally. Well, you're saying if they cut my salary in half, I would stop doing this show? Yeah. Well, you're wrong. Well, maybe I am, but I don't think I am. But, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, Gary, I don't know you, but hopefully we don't ever have to prove that. Hey, Tom. Hey, hey Tom. <laughs> Tom. Tom. I am the only one at this radio station that has shifted six days a week. I'm sorry that it what? That, that it is shifted six days a week. I work what do you six mean days by a shifted? Week. I work, work six days, six days a week. Okay. Yeah. Everyone else gets five. Okay. Yeah. Why, why is that, Gary? Well, that's because I have to work Saturday nights because I do the show. Uh-huh. And what do you do the rest of the week? I have other duties at the radio station that I perform all week. Okay. But, I mean, I, I see, so, you know, uh, well, I don't know. And I've stated this before. I do not do this for the money. So, Tom, I, I think you're wrong there. If they cut my salary in half, I think I would still do this. And and I bet you I could get, well, anybody around at this radio station to come on, if they were here right now, walk into this booth and sit down at this microphone and say to you, you know what, that guy would do that. Well, that's possible, Gary, and I kind of hope that you. And I just wanted to make that. that. I just wanted to make that clear that I'm not doing this for money. Can I ask you just one thing? Yeah, and then I got to go. The show's over. I understand. Real quick, this illuminated bit. What proof do you have that the rest of us don't have that they actually exist? And I'll hang up and listen. Fair enough. Oh, great! That's excellent. Listen listen to Saturday night show starting at nine o'clock. I do that. What you just described, I do that every single Saturday night beginning at 9 o'clock. It's the Spaceman on the new Mojo Radio, 642. Coast to Coast is next. I'm Space. I'm out. The new Mojo Radio. This is 640 Toronto.